Hello and welcome to Overvolted. Today we are accompanied by Jim. All right, guys. He needs no introduction, but Matthew. As some of you may know, Matthew is a writer on the Adored TV website. You can check out a lot of his articles. He's been posting a lot of our news articles as well as some of our cooler and CPU reviews. One would say that I am the writer. No, I actually got an article up yesterday. I'm not sure if you noticed. <laughs> so, wow, wow. It, you're the primary writer. I'm the secondary, and I think we might get one or two more articles from the other writer once in a while right oh yeah <laughs> that's pretty much how it works now i think yeah well today we are going to talk about the 3300x and 3100 we have some information to talk about the b550 motherboards and cpu support for that and i think jim wanted to talk a little bit about matisse too as well so let's go ahead and get started uh, we don't have Alex here today. He's the one busily working on this article, even as we speak, most likely. And so we're going to cover some of the points that he's got so far. And hopefully you'll see this published shortly. We start with the CPU performance, non-gaming, of course. We have rendering, such as Cinebench and Blender. The 3300X actually lands right in line with the Core i5-9600K, so that's actually pretty good showing for it, considering it's significantly cheaper. Pretty surprising for me, and uh, the single core score was very surprising, in fact. 505. Yeah, yeah, it even beats out the 3600X for single core. The 3300X seems to be binned really well. I've seen insane overclocks for this thing, like 5, 4.5 gigahertz for the 3300X, which is really high for Zen 2, especially on the low, second lowest in SKU. And I saw the Tech Power Up review. They said that overclocking didn't really give any more performance, though. Hmm. I just call that That's one weird. up, in fact. Uh, poor bottleneck? I don't, I don't know. Well, there's a bottleneck somewhere, that's for sure. Because the 3300X doesn't operate at that high of a clock speed, does it? 4.2? Something like that? Yeah, Wizard reviewed it over at Tech Power Up and said that overclocking yields no gains. So not even like a little bit, it just says zero gains out of it. It's still got five stars out of five though, and I think this has been well, the story of this CPU. Over at Tom's Hardware, it's four and a half out of five. Over at PC Gamer, 90%. And at Tech Radar again, 4.5 out of 5. So it's been extremely well received by the tech press. It's because it's got shockingly good gaming performance. Sometimes it's even faster than like the 3600 and 3600X. It just keeps up so well. Yeah, we can see that by taking a look through some of Alex's results. It actually wins in Forza Horizon 4. It beats the 3600X and the 96. Oh no, sorry, it doesn't quite beat the 9600K on the average. It's a little bit behind, but it's very, very close. And then Grand Auto 5. The 9600K, I would throw that result out. It would probably tie with the 3300X. But uh, with everything else, it's uh, like it's up there. 3600 beats 2600 handily. Hitman 2 is an interesting one. Hitman 2, yeah. It beats the 9600K in that as well. That's interesting because usually it's more core heavy, as you can see with the 3600. But it comes ahead against the 9600K, which has uh, two more cores. It might be because AMD's SMT is just really efficient. Yeah. It is, quite honestly. I mean, two cores, four extra threads, it kind of, it's pretty close in the end. Uh, although it would favor two cores normally. You would say that two cores should be more than four threads, yeah. Now, Siege is an interesting result. The 9600K is doing really poorly in Siege. Yeah, it's way behind. 
Is that because of cash? Vulcan API. Oh, Alex is here. He's going to be coming in a minute. Well, he's not late, I guess. He's not early either. <laughs> I mean, we don't really have a set time for starting. We just kind of wing it. Okay, Alex, we're, we're talking about your review, which is not done yet. Ah, uh, yes. Here's a link to that so that you can get that done. <laughs> oh, not done, but you can get it. Um, yeah, I can look at it. Never mind. Yeah, so you can look <laughs> at it. Finish typing, of... Alex. Finish typing. <laughs> Do it in real time. <laughs> We're just going to live stream. One thing okay. we noticed, Alex, was that Grand Theft Auto Five the result for the 9600K looked pretty bad. What happened with there? Did you see it? Did you see the stutter or something with that, where you were benchmarking? Um. Yeah, no. So Grand Theft Auto has a very well-known problem um, with, I believe it's everything under eight threads and getting frame rates over 180 frames so like once you break 184 187 it's it's an odd number um you get massive stutter and the specific part in the benchmark i don't know if you guys have ever seen it but you fly um a jet over like the desert area oh yeah yeah the frame rate shoots up there and it gets massive stutter but does this happen in actual gameplay it's not anywhere near as bad, but it does. Uh, most people just put frame limiters on. That's why you do actual gameplay, Alex. Well, it's kind of hard to get a consistent run in GTA outside of the benchmark, but yeah. Well, I do it pretty well. You just gotta get a save. I start from Franklin's house and I drive down to the pier. Okay. Because it's such a long drive, it's pretty consistent, even if it's kind of different. How long is the run? Uh, It's like a few minutes, but, but it's pretty smooth, as long as you have a car. <laughs> as long as you have a car. Yeah. Okay, anyways. So, we run Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, the 9600K was consistent, but the average is pretty low. Um, yeah. So, Rainbow Six is a game when you actually play the multiplayer. Oh, this is in the multiplayer. No, no, no. This is, this is the benchmark, but in actual gameplay, because I have about 800 hours of actual gameplay. Not like uh -huh. Steam gameplay, but actual in-game gameplay. It doesn't like things with less than 8 threads, and it prefers things with higher thread count. Although these 3300Xs, I guess, are fast enough to fully saturate the, uh, the 5700 XT that I have. But I mean, honestly, all of these things perform really well in gameplay with this, and all of them are probably fine. I mean, it's just when AMD was like, oh, we're going to make these quad cores. And I was like, it's going to be terrible. And they're not bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the price, you're talking $120 and it's the price that's really led to these glowing reviews. People mm -hmm. are comparing it to the 7700K, which is over three years old now, obviously. But still, that was $300 and now it's down to $120. I think, though, I mean, for me, it's a bit of a missed opportunity. If you remember, we talked about Matisse too and how we thought that this was probably going to be Matisse to and if you just look at the size i mean there's no there's no second ccd obviously but i mean this chip could have been tiny absolutely tiny you could get rid of the io die just throw in you know your uh, memory controllers into into the actual die itself it'd be absolutely tiny and so manufacturable as it is really we're talking the same kind of chips that are any other zen 2 cpu are you just describing a 4000 series apu well i mean that's the thing about the 4000 series apus is they are so good that they are just so good that most of them are probably you know, selling very well in laptops I just think it's a missed opportunity here on the volume. I mean, we already know that TSMC's 7 nanometer yields are crazy good. There's a fair chance that AMD are deliberately fusing parts off here rather than these being actual salvage parts. Oh, well, they would have to. Yeah. I mean, like, when you consider, I mean, this is a quad-core, uh, full CCX CPU plus the high clock speeds. I mean, like, the efforts they're going through to make the CPU do not make that much sense to me unless they plan on not making a bunch of these. 
Well, that's what I was thinking. Are they just not really planning on being aggressive on market share? or? Well, considering they have had the Epics that they just released, the four-core CCD Epic, I see these as the same chips they're putting in those. Maybe they've been throwing them into a bucket since day one. And these are chips that they've accumulated over a year. And some of these will be salvage parts. I mean, especially when you've got like a, a non-used CCX. Anything, any sort of defect that hit one of the CCXs. You, know, you now know that this can be one of these CPUs. Yeah, one that completely disabled a cache or something. But I really would not have expected a whole lot of those. Well, there probably wasn't. I mean, they've probably been banking these since last, or uh, what, January? <laughs> I mean, a long time. Yeah, mm -hmm. well over a year. But even with that, the chances are they just don't have much volume. And yet this oh, yeah. CPU should be crushing everything around the 100 120 dollar mark in sales yeah the one thing i see as a disadvantage to this is it doesn't have the built-in gpu when you get an i5 or an i3 even it has the built-in gpu you can at least stutter yourself through a game at 720p whereas this you have to get a separate gpu and it instantly raises the price and so all of those very borderline barely playing video games kind of people are going to be up a creek if they wanted this particular CPU. Well, I, I think if you're also trying to build a non-gaming CPU and just something to do some you know, work from home tasks. The the Intel stuff can look better. Yeah, I mean, anything that you're going to be doing. But the performance disparity between this and even, I mean, I didn't get to test the, the 9100, but the people who have tested the 9100, you can see the performance gap between those two chips. So maybe sometimes it's justifiable, sometimes it's not. Even if they just stuck like four CUs on this thing, just a micro video card in the IO die mm -hmm. or something, just enough to drive even a single display. I think this would be by far a great choice for a lot of circumstances. Yeah, and that wouldn't take up a huge amount of area either. If you even no. look at the Ryzen 4000 mobile series, that GPU is not large at all, and it's extremely capable for the size of it. You could have half of that, yeah. Yeah, and that's way overkill for what a desktop user would need it for. They need enough to handle transparencies and desktop rendering, which is pittance on GPUs. Mm-hmm. So do we want to talk about the bad AMD news this week now? <laughs> yeah, I guess this could uh, take us on nicely to the second part of this release. Just something I'm going to have some words about as well. Yeah, more missed opportunities. And I, I wanted to write an article about this, but I figured that uh, we could get the podcast out a little bit sooner than usual so that I didn't have to write an article and we just talked about it here. Okay, so AMD broke their promise. They said aim for socket support, never have to upgrade your, your motherboard. And that's uh, that's uh, not true because only 500 and 600 series chipsets will support Zen 3. 400, 300 will not support it. And a lot of people are angry because B550 came in really late and they were buying B450 boards uh, hoping that Zen 3 would be on there. Uh, honestly, the biggest issue that I have with it is that B550 never came. Yes. So people who were buying a 70 or $80 motherboard six months ago, three months ago, today, can't upgrade to anything past third gen. It sucks. It, it does. For people who are, are mad about, you know, buying a, an X370 board or B350 board around launch, I don't think it's as big of a deal. There's there's a lot of sort of issues that happen trying to get all the B350 and B450 and or third and fourth gen boards to be compliant and work with with 
third-gen Ryzen CPUs, so I understand that motherboard companies don't want to go through the effort. I understand that AMD probably doesn't want to deal with the PR nightmare that that was. All of the angry people yelling them and having to, you know, send uh, those loaner CPUs out. But, I mean, I think it's it's understandable on the, the older stuff. It really is a shame, though, for everybody who bought a B450 board recently. Yeah. Like, it, it really is. Because a lot of us in the tech press did recommend people not to buy X570, but to buy a B450 board, because it's fine. And we were under the assumption that these should support another generation, too. Well, let me play devil's advocate real quick and probably get a lot of hate in the comments. But if you're buying the cheapest of the cheap motherboard, and expecting a wide range of support going forward for like even the highest end of the next gen or the next next gen, you're probably doing it wrong. That's probably fair, honestly. That's, that's fair. They're going super cheap on these baseline B450 A320 type of motherboards, and they're not going to be able to have the broad support that you would expect from, say, the X470. The fact that the X470 is not supporting the fourth gen is a phenomenal failure, in my opinion. If anything, that one should. I would be extremely pissed off. Had I bought X470 expecting Zen 3 to be compatible and ending up with it not being, I have to be really upset by that. Yeah, I understand and can sincerely feel the justification for X470 being irate at not being able to support the 4th gen. And mm -hmm. to be honest, I think there might be X470 boards that can support 4th gen, and it's probably more on the motherboard manufacturer to enable that. No, it's not. It's, it's not. not? The AMD specifically prohibits that from happening because they will not give the motherboard guys the code to do that. Okay. So they won't give them the microcode? No, no. It will never be supported unless AMD says so. And they say no right now. They're saying mm. no. So AMD is basically screwed up in three distinct ways. The first way, they didn't replace B450 in time for people to, yeah. uh, to care. B550 came out way too late and people who wanted a mid-range build had to buy mid-range B450 and that uh, has screwed them over if they wanted to upgrade. The second way they screwed over people is that they didn't tell anyone until the last hour that the support did not exist, even though their marketing had strongly implied that this support would exist. I'm going to talk about that soon. And the third way they screwed up is uh, by basically the, the justification they gave. It's not a lie, but it's not honest either. Like AMD says that, oh, it's the BIOS size limitation. That's why we can't do it. But that's not really why. If they really wanted to do it, they would cut out support for first or even second gen Ryzen. Or they would just say they would give the OEMs the, the code that they need to enable forwards compatibility. And they would be like, well, you get what you get. It might not be that good, but you'll get it. Real justification should be that we can't do it. And they knew they couldn't do it. And they should have said so a long ass time ago. Which is, I, I don't know, it seems kind of stupid to me because all that this does is this allows the end user the chance to go buy Intel. Because if you can yeah. use the motherboard and the motherboard vendors will take the time and energy to make this work, then that's really stupid because you're letting Intel take possible market share from you. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Nobody would have been mad if AMD didn't promise this. Nobody would have been mad. Well, I'm just going to talk about that right now because uh, last year, or the 26th of May, 2019, there's a blog post. And right from the very beginning of Zen 1, AMD said that they were committing to AM4, maintaining socket support through 
2020. And even last year, they were basically reiterating this. This month, a couple of days ago, in fact, in 2016, we made a pretty bold commitment to you. We would continue to support AMD Socket AM4 until 2020. So before it was through 2020, and now they've changed it to until. And uh, I mean, why, why, why even do that, AMD? I think Lisa even herself has said it in various press conferences. In press conferences during the launch, some slides. Yeah, it, they've always used the word through. And maybe they realized that that probably wasn't the best of choice of words. That's the impression you know, everyone just had. makes AMD look bad, yeah? Doing this stuff, changing words from through to until, you know, after the fact. It just, it's not a good look. This is corporate marketing speak. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I think if they were a lot more open and honest about this, instead of trying to use the corporate speak and burying this stuff under a processor launch, it wouldn't look so bad. I want to talk about that as well. Predictably, there was outrage on the AMD subreddit. And, well, I knew this was going to happen, and it has continued unabated. I mean, the problem that I've got with this is I signed an NDA for this chip and motherboard information. And from that point, I have basically had to hide the knowledge that I had of this motherboard change uh, from people. And to me, that's just unacceptable, right? So basically, if I go through the whole NDA embargo thing, I got an email from AMD which said, embargo AMD Ryzen desktop update. And that was early April. And the email asked me if I would be interested in listening into a call and if I would accept the embargo date. So basically, on the 21st of April, the tech press took that call. That's the EU guys at least, maybe even earlier for the USA guys, it normally is in fact. But during the call, we were told about obviously the CPUs, and then we were told about Zen 3 only being compatible with 500 MOBOs plus. And we had to hide that information from viewers and readers for over two weeks until the embargo ended on the 7th of May. And the problem is, as we've just discussed, during that time, people were still buying or considering buying X400 series MOBOs, assuming Zen 3 compatibility. And let me just be crystal clear about this. Almost the entire tech press knew about it, and we kept it from you for two weeks. Now, I've never broken an NDA in my life. But this made me quite uncomfortable. And so I started dropping hints. Anytime I read about somebody you know, talking about whether or not it'll be compatible, X400 series will run Zen 3. On, like, on my Patreon Discord, I said, don't buy a 300 or 400 series motherboard expecting further longevity. That's all I'm going to say in that. And then uh, over at Twitter next, a retired engineer was translating a bunch of stuff and I saw one in particular which said, uh, in addition to supporting the brand new 600 series chipsets, they're also backward compatible with the 400 and 500 series chipsets. Now, I said in this, at least one part of that is definitely false. And then later on, when I was pressed on what it was, I said, yeah, there's a few things in there I hadn't heard about. And while they could be true, I know that one in particular is definitely wrong. And I can't say any more than that, but we will all know soon. And I mean, that's as much as I can do without breaking the NDA clearly. And you know, it is just another dumb decision by AMD. I knew that the fallout over this would be massive and it would overshadow the launch of the actual chips themselves, which it has. And I thought about telling them, like, this is what's going to happen. I think it has, yeah. This has completely overshadowed the actual CPUs. The CPUs are great, or at least the 3300X is great. But this is what people are talking about now instead of the 3300X being yep. great. AMD did it to themselves. I was actually saying this to a friend of mine that it's an absolute shame that instead of talking about what, how great these CPUs are, you couldn't have released this information a month ago, two months ago three months ago, yeah, a week ago. Why hobble their own launch with us? 
I don't understand it. Looking at this tweet by uh, Steve at Gamers Nexus, he said regarding the B550 outrage, he sent a large email to AMD in September 2019 warning about how its marketing plays would eventually turn the community against them as they move out of underdog status. I mean, this is why I've been slamming them. I slammed them over the Navi stuff, the prices. I slammed them over the 5600 XT BIOS stuff. And now this, they're doing an awful lot of stuff that is beginning to just turn the attitude against them and I mean it makes no damn sense to be honest to me they've gotten a little arrogant yeah yeah they did well the thing is they've always been that bit arrogant they've always believed that they're way better than what they are even though you know they've never had the sales to really feel that way so I don't know why they do but there's, there's always been that little bit of arrogance there somebody told me once that uh, they were a 10,000 headcount company basically acting like a 100,000 headcount that's how they used to act in fact I think that was public domain can't remember exactly who said that. Roy Taylor, maybe. <laughs> Sounds like something Roy would have said. And there is now a petition to allow OEMs to support the B450 and X470 boards with Ryzen 4000 over at change.org. You can check out this petition and sign it. I've already signed it, so go ahead and do it. Cause them as much grief as you possibly can over it. If you remember, the last podcast, I bemoaned about how the NDA just held me back from giving leaked information. For me, this whole thing now is the final straw. I have got the consumer-focused reputation, and it's been harmed by stuff like this. I just don't think I can any longer accept NDAs from AMD. If they're going to be doing this and forcing us to hide this kind of information from, from you guys, I just can't do that. I mean, you didn't even tell us. <laughs> to, to go back to the point about the motherboards, um, they could have told people earlier, which they honestly should have, and they wouldn't have dealt with this kind of backlash. But AMD was afraid. AMD was afraid that they would lose sales, and now they're going to lose a lot more sales than they would have originally. I honestly, I don't, I don't think they're going to lose a lot of sales, honestly. Well, no one's going to be recommending 400 series anymore. Who would? Well, most people wouldn't be recommending 400 series when 500 series boards come out, which are going to come out in three weeks. But they would be cheaper. The 400 series would be cheaper anyways. I mean, like, and we're still a month out from uh, B550. And who knows what the supply is going to look like. So anyone that wants to build themselves a system has to go with X570. To play devil's advocate here, motherboard supplies are kind of hard. Have you guys tried buying B450 boards? Uh, yeah. I've tried to find a b450 uh, itx board for a little while and um they are at least 30 percent higher than they should be <laughs> well i mean that's itx that's a little different but yeah no i i had a friend who was going to buy um a couple of boards uh, or he was looking at a couple of boards the other day and because of the lack of stock and probably everybody's staying at home trying to figure out something to do with their money it's kind of hard to, to find boards. My, my friend was telling me he was looking, and every board that he was looking at was going out of stock within a few hours, which I think is kind of hilarious. Could be anecdotal evidence, though. And you know, I'm thinking that AMD are going to get more and more like Intel over time. We are, oh, every, yeah. Every new series is going to need a new motherboard, you know? And if we don't oh, yeah. slam them for this now, they're just going to get worse. So, you know, we need, to, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> we need to hit them hard for these things and keep Wait, them as Jim, honest as possible. Saying... Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I totally understand. Jim, are you saying Intel's the underdog right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's there yet. I don't know if we're there yet. Oh, you know, my well, God. Considering this is the same crap that Intel kind of does on a regular basis. What is Intel's actual competition against the 3300X? <laughs> I'm also going to make this point. AMD really ran that underdog were the good guys thing in marketing really hard. And if they would have left themselves a little bit of room in the way that they said things, like I kept seeing people quote 
one of the AMD guys that they said in a in an interview that what Intel does with locking out motherboards for no reason is evil. Yeah. You can't make statements like that. That's a Google move. Yeah. I was looking for that one, but I couldn't find it uh, in time for the podcast. But I read it someplace on Reddit, I think. Yeah. You know, you, you can't like commit that hard to something in marketing or PR when you know that things could change three years down the road. You don't know yeah. what's going to happen in three years. Yeah, true. You can say something like, we want to try our best to honor our commitment to you guys and we love the community, but you guys know how bad the 300 series launch was with all of the previous boards and how much work that was. That was a massive undertaking yeah. from our engineers, from you know, everybody at all the motherboard companies and to not put everybody through those same issues and leave all of these weird consumer problems where you buy a motherboard and it doesn't work and you don't have a computer that works for three months while you're waiting for, you know, our CPUs to come back, a loaner CPUs to come back. We decided to just not go through with it. I think everyone would have been a lot more comfortable yeah. with this. I mean, what Matthew said, this useless excuse of the BIOS size not being big enough. <laughs> there was, I had an argument with someone on Twitter over this and they said, you can't know how big your code is until you actually write it. So A and B's justified in saying that's the, that's the reason. But the thing is, you can't promise that your boards can do this when you don't have the code written. So you can't eat your cake and have it too. That circles back to like the B450 and B350, A320 motherboards. They're the cheapest of the cheap, and so they're going to put in the smallest BIOS chip they can get away with. Obviously, there are motherboards in the X470 range that do have the 32 meg BIOS chips that are still not going to get support. And also, on the same note, my X370 board, which is a pretty top-of-the-line one back in the day, obviously, in order to be able to support the third-gen Ryzen CPU that's in it right now, I had to update the BIOS, and in that update, it had to drop support for the first and second gen in order to support the third gen because of the BIOS size. So there is some merit to that comment. Now, does it apply to the 32 meg chips? Eh, it's debatable. It depends on how large the microcode is. It might force you to not support anything but the fourth gen chips. And maybe they were concerned about that transition. Hey, Jim, you remember when you were saying that you weren't sure whether or not the problem with AMD and MSI was AMD not being able to support MSI or if it was MSI not working well with AMD? Yeah. And then you later discovered that the problem was, in fact, AMD because they have the same issue with all the other board companies. That was a timely comment. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> MSI have messed up a lot of BIOSes uh, as well. And here's a problem because if it's going to be a new motherboard every year, the same as we get with Intel, then we're going to have these kind of things year after year. AMD are going to need to spend money on better developers, better engineers, or sorry, more, let's say more engineers. Mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's always an, a question of expanding and getting more talent rather than getting better talent. I think yeah. they just don't have enough people. Go around. I am so sad that we have to depend on Intel to bring back competition because uh, I don't have any faith in them until like 2022 because that's when 7 nanometer comes out if it's even for desktop. Well, it doesn't matter if it's going to be eight big little cores, yeah? I mean... Yeah, Alder, and also Alder likes 10 nanometers. It's not even going to be in high volume. Yeah. To counter the argument you guys are having here, I still think that the products that are in front of people today are still very good products. Like with Intel? Oh, uh, with the AMD products. I think, I think yeah. the, the six cores, the, the quad core that I reviewed is, is honestly fantastic. And 
my review on it is going to be very, very positive like most other people. Yeah, everybody's been incredibly positive on it, especially the 3300X. I think it's going to fare well against what Intel is going to have next you know, next year. And I think for people who are looking to buy a new board and chip anyways, these are going to be great options. I just think that the disappointment was that we had an assumption that there would be more support. And AMD did it to themselves. That being said, though, I think the fact that you can still upgrade up to a 3950X is still a great upgrade path, even though it's a dead platform. Yeah, I can't argue with that. So, I mean, I think for most users, if they keep saying they need more, there is more that's going to be available. They just need to fix their messaging, yeah? The way that they put the message across isn't right. And I dislike, like I said, having to wait over two weeks before we were allowed to say anything about this. That just, you know, that sucks to put that kind of thing onto the tech press. Oh, yeah, honestly, I, I wish that AMD would have put a statement out two months ago on this. Yeah. So that people would have been prepared. I mean, they don't even have the damn motherboards for the launch anyway. I mean, sometimes you wonder, are they doing this deliberately? Have I missed something? Maybe they did this deliberately for some reason. <laughs> because why hobble your own launch? You know, why do this to the press? Force us to keep this quiet for two weeks plus. Why? I just, you know. So my question is, is there going to be an X670 a set of motherboards that come out, you know, at the end of the year. Oh, there will be. And is there going to be a B650 set of motherboards that come out by the end of the year? Because that just seems kind of confusing. I'm guessing X650 is going to be delayed again, like B550 was. B650 doesn't really have a reason to exist. I'm guessing that's what it's all about. If they delay the B650 as long as they did the B550, just don't, don't even bother with it. I know you guys know I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist, but... I'd find these delays a bit odd, to be honest. I mean, we know that they've got problems with the motherboard guys, and you think there's some, like, back, you know, backroom deals going on to say, yeah, let's just only have X4, sorry, X570 for six months plus. Actually, it's more like a year. I mean, the motherboard guys are want to sell X570 over B550, because they make more money that way. I mean, again, the, the big problem here, to me, is that AMD's messaging on getting this out was poor it's kind of like they wanted to shovel it out and get get it buried but when you try to bury something especially when you get garner the kind of attention and community that amd has trying to be you know the good guys the underdogs you you really can't do this stuff if intel did it honestly i think most people would have just said it's intel and then moved on yeah I mean, the thing is, AMD gets hit much, much harder by these things because they've got the fan base there that expects them to be squeaky clean for some reason because mm -hmm. um, they're clearly mm -hmm. not and they're getting worse. But they get hit harder than any other company does. I mean, I try to be even-handed, but I'm probably hitting AMD harder than most over these things because if you don't, it's like I said, if you don't hit them hard, then they just think they can get away with it. And it's always little, just little things, one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. And then, you, you know, it adds up and it's like, you know, is AMD actually any better than Intel or NVIDIA? I don't want to see that happening at all. I'd much rather the other two started behaving, uh, which they won't do. Well, nobody wants to admit that this stuff is going to happen, and it's going to be natural to say, we just hope that the PR doesn't catch up to this. I was, I was talking about a video game in another conversation I was having a few days ago, and this, this game company basically said that they took a Kickstarter, they said the game wasn't where they wanted it to be, they was very disappointed, and instead of trying to ask for a, another run of funding or try to do something else, they want to take a break, uh, not accept funding, and try to sort this out and either try to get a publisher to work with them or maybe come back when they have a better product. 
that kind of stuff goes miles when it comes to the way that customers look at things. And, and I think another thing that's important too is a lot of people are still stuck with the old sort of gated way of looking at enthusiast press where the only people that are covering this stuff are people like me who are neck deep in a processor review. So we're not really going to think about this because, you know, we have 60 hours, 30 hours, 40 hours worth of testing and writing to do. So this kind of just gets past us. You have people who read this stuff, look it over, and they go scream about it on Reddit, they go yell about it on Twitter, they go make a YouTube video about it, and it gets tons of traffic. So you can't brush this stuff under the rug. You can't. I mean, there's no way to hide it. Simply no way. You can't. Like, you can hide it from people, again, like me, who get this privileged information along with the processors and are like, oh, wow, these, these things are great. They're so fast. And, oh man, I guess B550 isn't getting supported. That The B550 boards are only going to support 4th gen and X570. That really sucks. The question I'm wondering is, do you think, I'll ask all three of you in fact, do you believe that AMD is aware that this would have ended up as the shit show that it did with people complaining? I don't think so. I don't think they No, did. AMD's naive. I don't think they would have done it the way that they did if they thought that. But all of us could tell easily, right? I mean, all of us knew that this was exactly what would happen about this. This is what happens with pretty much everything on the internet today. Intel did a very similar thing. You remember when Intel uh, pulled the uh, 10th gen uh, X299 launch a few hours so that it wouldn't have to compete with Threadripper in its own review? They got absolutely slammed for that, justifiably. Yeah, and Intel yeah. had absolutely no idea that that would happen, that people would be I think that's that. worse, though. I, I think that example is, is worse. That is worse, but that's more of like a, a thing where people like go and like they Google it and they see like, oh, well, this is a good CPU then. But with what AMD's done is a much longer term thing. It's a much more general thing. So again, I totally get that there are more sides to this. And I think that there are a lot of people who are just mad and they don't fully understand the reasoning for this. Although I think a part of this is AMD not getting out in front of this. That being said, there are great products that they still have. And it's it's hard for me because I don't want to bash them like you shouldn't go out and buy AMD products because they're bad. No, you know? Alex, Alex. Friendship with AMD ended. Intel knew that trend. <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm not about to sit here and say Intel's the good guys. This is just, <laughs> this is a sort of a communication failure, which I'm sure goes to kind of an old guard thing where a lot of companies look this way. Bethesda thinks this way. You know, a lot of gaming companies think this way. That, you know, this is the way that things work and you can shovel things under the rug and you, you can't, especially with the kind of following that you've garnered by a lot of people in the community calling themselves the good guys. You have, if you want to be the good guys, you have to put these things out in front. And I think, honestly, if they would have done that, the outlook would be a lot better. I, I think a lot of opinion, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, I think a lot of people, if they heard about this a little while ago, and, you know, the guys on YouTube or, or writing articles about this, would have been able to say, AM, they couldn't say that AMD was hiding this or trying to, to shovel this underneath a, a bunch of other things. There's one other possibility here. Maybe this whole bias thing, nobody's really buying it, I don't think. Yeah, because for various reasons, we know that they could squeeze it in there if they really wanted to. And there are 32 meg chips and 16 meg chips, which easily... And support could be 
spotty across the board and it would create a bunch of problems but it could it work. could be a separate bios for these like uh all the guy all the mobile guys can make a separate bias for these for people who simply don't need like the one and two thousand series support yeah mm-hmm. there are ways around this clearly there are ways around it they're not ideal they're definitely patchy and workaroundy and and feed that sort of intel marketing stuff where you know intel just works i wonder if there is something about if there's something else about Zen 3, 4000 desktop series, if there's something else there that's actually forced this change and they're just using the BIOS, but they actually do have a legitimate reason, yeah? It could be power or something or PCIe 4. It, there could be an, a legitimate reason that they're trying to hide. Bloated microcode? Could be. I mean, maybe they just don't want to tell us that there is some other like actual issue and so they're trying to hide it behind this. That's something that I toyed with. I don't believe it's the case, but maybe, you know, maybe we'll find out something like that. Well, like I said, my motherboard has already lost first and second gen support by sheer fact of being able to support third gen. So there's something in the third gen that at least bloated the code beyond being able to support the first and second. First and second gen are almost identical. Like my X570 board, uh, the BIOS for the first and second gen is different from the BIOS from the third gen. Like it's the same. You can swap out the CPU for first, second, and third gen, and it's fine. You don't need to do a specific BIOS update. You you did. No, 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 no. The UI is different. The UI is different from first and second and third. First and second have the same UI. Third has a very different one. Ah, okay, that's what you're saying. Okay. And all the profiles that are on for first and second remain on there, but when you switch over to third, they're gone. Okay. Planned obsolescence by AMD adding bloatware to the BIOS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's I'll it. I'll not it? even say that in jest, actually. You know, that's how conspiracies get started. I think that's all we have to say about this. I really hope that they offer the ability to flash your BIOS to drop third gen support in order to support fourth gen for the X470. Maybe not the B450. Depends on the BIOS size, I guess, if they want to still stick with that as an excuse. I think a much better excuse would have been, you know, we've had so many returns from customers and so many customers who just had so many issues out of the box getting these things to work and that's not what we want to do yeah we want to provide a good experience rather than we've had such an like you can lean on that stuff that stuff is even more believable and and understandable yeah and they might get a little bit of negative press about having a problem that's causing a lot of returns or some silliness like Mm -hmm. that but there's not much of a story there it'll die off pretty quick because you know, your flashing motherboards stuff is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I even had to replace my motherboard once due to a bad flash. <laughs> I don't want to tell you guys how many review boards that I've had to send back because of the flashing issues. <laughs> remember, remember the farce you went through the Zen 2 launch? Oh, I guess this would be a good time to interject the motherboard that I got for Threadripper with the review, the MSI Creator TX40. It actually had a bad BIOS. That was the problem uh-huh. with the RAM. You remember what I said in the, the email chain? <laughs> you were like, it's kind of expected. No, I said, I mean, you were, you were emailing uh, AMD PR and I said, in the, and I was being CC'd and I said, BIOS? MSI motherboard? 
guarantee that it's MSI's BIOS that's, that's, you know, that's not working properly. I was willing to say it was like a pre-production flaw or something like that, you know. It was actually a couple of months later, AMD PR got back to you and said, yeah, it was MSI's BIOS, they've updated, they've updated it and it works fine now. I had to downgrade the BIOS and then upgrade it. So to give you guys a little bit of my own personal experience, and I think everyone who's ever reviewed a CPU will, an early, you know, launch CPU uh, can attest to this. For this review, I had to swap out the motherboard on my test bench for the 2600 and the 3400G because they would not post on this MSI motherboard. This godlike. This X570 that's supposed to technically support it, it does not work. I just kept getting CPU errors. It will not work with any of my second gen processors. The Gigabyte board that I got working, I had to update the BIOS to get it to work with um, the 3400G, but it worked with the 2600. Yeah, I show here, it's actually the uh, second gen with Radeon graphics that it does not work, but without it does. So you are right. I mean, again, there's there's so much like confusion with this. There's so much, does it officially support it? Does it not? A friend of mine actually just bought a motherboard that was bundled on Newegg and he told me, well, it was bundled. I figured the X370 board would work with third gen and it doesn't. The X370 does work with third gen for me, so... Well, he he had to flash the BIOS. The board didn't come flashed. So again, like, I totally understand that the between the motherboard manufacturers, between retailers, between AMD themselves, this really sucked. They probably have a lot of returns based on that, yeah. This really sucked. So... I, I get it. If they were to say that, if they were to say, due to everyone dealing with this massive headache, we've decided to, you know, support three generations, and we did say we would support through 2020, but we got to 2020, and, um, you know, in the future, we're going to be a lot smarter with how we promise backwards compatibility and how we plan for these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe to have something on the box where boards that have USB flashback, they just, they have it on the box, like MSI with the Max boards. Well, having that enabled or on all of the X series boards would be mm -hmm. a good solution. Yeah, the B series, it does take a little bit of extra money to build that into a motherboard. So maybe not the B series, but at least the X series, that should almost be a standard. To make this point, I would be totally fine if AMD said, for the enthusiast platform, we have all of these features to make your life easier. For the, the more budget-focused platform, you know, you might have to borrow a CPU from somebody. You might have to get it, make sure that it's a flashed one. You might have to make sure to buy the certain ones. And our support is kind of mixed. But compared to Intel, we do have the support for it, possibly. And they'll mail you out a CPU to flash your BIOS to send back to them. And so they do have a catch for that. But who wants to wait two weeks for a CPU to come through the mail to flash your BIOS after you just get this candy in the mail, right? Yeah. Again, if the PR people for AMD came out, they did an interview with somebody and they said, so, you know, I mean is me playing devil's advocate you know there are people that we've gotten emails from that said they waited two months to get one of the cpus from us to loaners uh to, to you know flash the bios on their cpu or they canceled it because they just bought a cheaper cpu you know they bought one on ebay and then they went and they sold it and like we don't want to make people do this stuff so this is you know we're going to try to be smarter about it in the future and to try to avoid people from going through this issue and getting honestly making everybody disappointed we just decided we're going to not do it this run i think people would believe that more than the BIOS thing. I, I think, honestly, that's a more reasonable argument. Yeah, can't disagree with it. The way they've handled it, not been fantastic, and it's a typical AMD launch. Let's be completely honest about it. <laughs> <laughs>
it's a shame because there's always something like this. There's always something like this at their launches. And I can't just say, look, this is a great, these are great products and you should just go buy them. Yeah. Which is the way it should be. I, which I want to do. Like, I honestly want to tell people when there are good products to just go and buy them. It, it makes my job easy to say the third gen parts are great. Just go and buy them. Navi, new Navi is great. Just go and buy it. Yeah. Just like Tom's you know. hardware. <laughs> just buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to wait until the review is finished for me to say just buy it. That, yeah, that's kind of. I, mean, I guess difference. maybe that's uh, something. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we we all can't be Intel and just releasing the same thing five generations in a row. I mean, well, that's that's another thing too. You know, again, AMD could have even came up and and said, you know, compared to our competitor, their BIOSes just work fine because they're releasing the same thing over and over again. There's tons of like tongue in cheek stuff you could say and PR stuff you could do to make this look not as bad. All right, let's wrap this podcast off with a question and answer session then uh, there's not really been a great deal in tech to talk about apart from the 3300x and this whole motherboard thing that's about being out for the week's tech but we've got some questions and answers for the final part of the podcast the the first question is going to be solely for jim uh, landstrike had a question about your icon that you use on the discord what does the adored icon emoji represent when you give a adored to members of the discord chat is it like your stamp of approval or is it is it like an acknowledgement what? Ah, right yeah because sometimes if i read something um i use that one a lot to say yeah i've noticed your comment and uh, i've enjoyed it or i've liked your comment i just that's just how i use it yeah that's me i just say yeah i've noticed your comment so that's like an adored thumbs up uh, sometimes i don't always leave a comment myself Okay, uh, let's get some hate in the uh, comments with this next question. Is it GIF or JIF? Yeah. Graphics interchange format, interchangeable format, GIF. The GIF. It's GIF. I will call it a GIF until I die. I don't care whether or not the guy who made it decided to call it a GIF. It's a GIF. <laughs> well, it, that's the thing is I have always called it a GIF as well. Yeah, it's a GIF. I'm calling it GIF and I'm sticking to that. Well, it's less arbitrary. Like GIF has a something else out there, you know, peanut butter. Yeah, like it's the yeah. stuff for like yeah. cleaning your kitchen tops and stuff like that. Being a coder, I like less arbitrary terminology or words. But I mean, technically with language and acronyms and root sources and things like that, it probably should be pronounced GIF. Hey, Kirk, do you, uh, at Christmas time, do you give uh, your family members uh, GIFs or GIFs? Well, considering gift is a Saxon and Scandinavian source word, graphics is Latin based via Greek or Greek via Latin, whatever. Mm -hmm. That root makes the acronym pronounce it with a J, a GIF sound rather than GIF. Uh, nope, nope. In Latin, there's no soft G. It's all hard G. It's how it's brought into English. But if you're going to bring up Latin, you can't say that it has to be soft. Yeah, it's Greek through Latin. Greeks Greeks did use the soft Matthew is uh, our resident know. language expert, just in case yes. people were wondering. Yes. <laughs> I I know you're you're Latin, but again, typically the like you speak Latin, but typically you try to honor the original pronunciation, which was Greek when you do that. And what he's saying is the original pronunciation would be gif, which is fair. Not in Latin. Yeah, but Latin wasn't the root source for the word. It was Greek. It's Greek. Well, if we get it, do we get it through Greek or do we get it through Latin? It doesn't matter where it originates. Well, if we get it through English, then we should just say GIF. And we should just say, um, that's a good one. Um, no one should say mozzarella. They should just say mozzarella. <laughs> Nobody says mozzarella. Like, that's just the kind of... <laughs> 
I'm just saying, even if the word is originally Greek, if it entered into Latin, they would never have pronounced it with a soft G, ever. Let's not get too caught up in this whole pronunciation. We're getting really technical. No, I will die on this hill, damn it. You, you can go ahead and die on that hill because I'll die with you because I still pronounce it GIF or GIF. Yeah. Now you got me mixed up. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, Brazil had a question for you or us. With graphics innovations like AI-assisted super sampling, you know, DLSS, variable rate shading, variable mesh shading coupled with ray tracing, will we finally see photorealistic games, or graphics at least, from first or second titles of this generation, or one or two titles from this generation? No, you can't get photorealism with uh, rasterization. Never gonna get it. I mean, it's... It's getting better all the time, obviously, and we can see that it's getting close, but you're never going to mistake that for real life. I just don't think they're ever going to reach that. Ray tracing will get us there, or path tracing, eventually. Yeah, as soon as we can fully render path tracing in 60-plus frames per second without doing a lot of the cheats that may be happening right now, I don't think you're going to mistake it for real life. No. I don't, I don't know, honestly, if we ever will using standard display technology, like, honestly. Well, you might get close if you're using, like, a VR headset. I, I think maybe the argument is, are we ever, are we going to get closer? And the answer is yes. You know, we could, like, people have used the term photorealistic in original Xbox and PS2 games. Yeah. So, I mean, what is, photorealistic is constantly on a sliding scale. Yes, it is. But things are going to get better. To get photorealistic, they'd have to inject it into your eyeballs, and we could see that soon. There's a TV show I was actually watching called Upload. I'm not sure if you mm-hmm. guys have seen it. Basically, the premise is when you die, or just before you die, you can get uploaded into a computer simulation of an afterlife. Right. And I think it goes to show exactly what we're talking about here. You might have something akin to photorealism, but they'll still put in cheats and hacks to make it less computationally expensive and cheaper to run. In this, they had water with sunlight reflection, but it was just a repeating GIF. (laughs) Is what they called it. They actually called it a repeating GIF. A repeating GIF, yeah. And they didn't say GIF. They actually say GIF or GIFO. They said GIF. They said GIF, right. (laughs) And then they showed this water, and then it just would have the waves thing, and then it would stop and repeat because they didn't smooth it out on the repeat. Yeah. And they're like, it may look good, but it's fake. Clearly fake. And I think we'll have a lot of that in games for a long time to come where they cheap out or make shortcuts that make it less computationally expensive so more people can play it but it has glitches or little things little uh, where you can see the matrix so to speak i mean it's essentially what rasterization is anyway it's just a series of hacks on top of hacks now <laughs> yeah it's getting more and more hacks to simulate reality but it's just not getting there and it's never gonna get there and that's why ray tracing was such a big thing is they could get rid of some of those hacks that they use to paint reflections and things like that because and it just works yeah it just barely works just works and it as you can see in the difference between rtx off and on they are pretty poor hacks altogether but they at least help make it not look so terrible right yeah Mm -hmm. next question okay so fcm assuming we are going to have reduced demand in the next six months to a year across several or all the market segments will that benefit amd or intel more I was thinking about this today, uh, actually, in terms of AMD and NVIDIA. 
we know that NVIDIA kind of late to the, the whole 7 nanometer thing. And this whole human malware has really played into NVIDIA's hands. <laughs> they just seem to get lucky all the time. When you're in the lead, or when you have very good products that people want, stuff like this human malware that's going around is, you know, it's always a drawback. So you could say that AMD have got a bit unlucky. But then again, people are staying at home and during their quarterly conference call, did they guide down just a little bit? I can't remember exactly what they did for the rest of the year. I think year. it was a little bit. Yeah, but it's nothing, you know, they're not being hammered massively by it, unlike a lot of the, like, the air carriers and stuff like that. Obviously, hotel chains have got hit really hard. I read that AMD was in one of the best positions for this. If people are staying at home, they're going to want to play games. That's why Netflix uh, stock, it went up as well, because uh, they made, they sold an awful lot more uh, subscriptions. You also have to think in terms of not just us as PC gamers, but how many people are sitting at home using the family computer more and they realize how slow it is. So they'll buy a new one or their laptop. And also people needing something like Zoom is now being used on Skype, obviously, mm -hmm. Discord for mm -hmm. you know face-to-face. -face. This is all should be selling more PCs. People are buying high-end laptops just because they have a nice webcam in them. Yeah. Just for this purpose. Yeah. Well, businesses are buying high-end well, They shouldn't be affected badly by it, but it's always, it's never, you never want to see anything like this when you're in a strong position. And so I would say that Intel are gaining out of this more than AMD is. I think a, a big thing that'll matter on this too is how many AMD-powered laptops they'll be able to put out. Um, and we're not seeing enough of them, honestly. I, I'd like to see more. Especially since everyone now just bought the Intel ones. I mean, that's it, yeah. I mean, that is one thing. I, I would honestly love to see a, um, the, whatever the, the six core is at a somewhat affordable price. I would use one, especially when I'm sitting here waiting for benchmarks to run or Windows updates to pass through or waiting on BIOS updates, doing all this testing. Yeah. I could, I could probably get some writing done, you know, while I'm just sitting here staring at the wall. <laughs> How many questions left, Kirk? Yes, we have one more from UNSC in Amberclad. They asked, is the relative lack of reporting or info on Intel 7 nanometer a good or a bad sign? SA was calling out 10 nanometer years before it launched. All I've seen is that it might come in real volumes in 2023. And then a second add-on to that is furthermore with Samsung's 3 nanometer being closer to TSMC's 5 nanometer intensity and being delayed until 2022, will TSMC start to increase prices significantly as they are so far ahead of their competitors? And how could AMD and NVIDIA, et cetera, react to this? Uh, well, starting with Intel, it's hard to say exactly what's going on there. I think they're maybe quietly confident they've got a working node this time. Whether or not characteristics are going to be on par with TSMC's 5, we'll wait and see. I'm not entirely confident of that. But I think they'll get it out very late 2021 or early 2022. So it's hard to see if it's a good or a bad thing. It's just that little bit further out. But I think it's probably going to be okay for them. Way, way better than 10, put it that way. On the other stuff, I haven't really been paying a whole lot of attention to what Samsung's doing recently, in all honesty. Although for the next video that I'm making, I have been paying a bit more attention to on the graphics side of things at least. So it's hard to say. However, if I were a betting man, which I'm not, but if I were a gambler, then I would put all of it on TSMC. Literally every single penny I had, I would put it on TSMC winning. I I'm going to try to find a bookie now. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it called E-Trade? Yeah, for me, they just can't seem to do anything wrong. And they are like a machine. They just churn these nodes out now. A couple of years after, a couple of years, just over and over. 
And when, when was the last bad node they had? 20? Because they couldn't get to FinFets. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time ago. And I wouldn't even say it was a bad node. It was just, you know, it just wasn't great. So for me, they're almost at that unstoppable sort of stage now. And I would strongly, strongly back TSMC as the overall winner of the manufacturing game. All right. Well, I think that concludes our podcast for today. Thank you guys for coming, Jim, Alex, Matthew. You're welcome. Yeah, we will go ahead and close now. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Do check out the Adored TV website for the latest news and articles and reviews, of course. And we will see you in the next one. Catch you later, guys.